Peter was quite the man, wasn't he? Peter was chosen by Jesus Christ to be the rock upon which Jesus would build his church. The church in Peter's day was a persecuted church, and it was Peter's specific calling in life to bring hope to Christians who would be eaten by lions, burned alive at the stake, and scattered across the ancient world. How in the world do you encourage a group of people who are facing all of that? This is Carol McLeod, and I'm your host on A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. I love the Bible, and I love the richness and the practicality that it brings to our lives today. Are you ready to hear what Peter has to say, not only to the first century church, but also to the church today? Peter instructs the men and women of the early church whose lives had been ravaged by persecution to live in this way. 1 Peter 1, 6-7. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, can I just say to you, this is the most ridiculous advice I have ever heard in my whole life. Now, I'm grateful that Peter at least acknowledged the fact that the people to whom he was writing had been distressed by various trials. However, his words of advice seem contradictory to the expected and maybe healthy response that one would expect from people who were dealing with vile persecution. Peter did not tell them to greatly weep, nor did he coach them to greatly complain. He told the scattered, broken, bullied church, hey guys, it's time for you to sing. Peter's advice echoes, it ricochets through the centuries and hits a bullseye in your life and in my life. You, my friend, will never live a vibrant life without partaking of this masterful and demanding discipline of greatly rejoicing when in the natural, there is absolutely no reason for you to sing. However, as people of faith, this must be our default. We must default to a melody of worship. We must greatly rejoice when our hearts are broken when we've been ignored and forgotten, and when we feel like throwing in that infamous towel in life, we must greatly rejoice. We simply must. The word for rejoice that Paul uses and the Holy Spirit gave to him to use is agaliao. And this word agaliao is not used by secular Greek writers. It's a word that's unique to the body of Christ, to Christians, to believers. And when this word is uh, used in the New Testament, it always describes a deep spiritual joy. Agaliao is the word that Mary used in what is known as the Magnificat when she responded to Elizabeth by saying, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices, agaliaos, in God my Savior. Agaliao was also the response that the Philippian jailer had when he and his entire household chose to believe in God. It's found in Acts chapter 16, verse 34. 
And he brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with the whole household. So this type of joy or rejoicing is always prompted by a profound spiritual joy. A galiao is not triggered by Thanksgiving when you're counting your blessings. It's triggered by keeping your eyes and your heart on Jesus Christ. A galiao is not a list of benefits or blessings received, but a galiao is sung in the darkest of nights. You see, when you know Jesus Christ, there's no option other than to greatly rejoice in spite of the trials of life. When you've embraced a living hope that we learned about last time, you must greatly rejoice regardless of your circumstances. The ability to greatly rejoice does not come from your personality, your circumstances, or from what is visible in front of you. Agaliao comes from the deep assurance that God loves us and that he will write the end of our stories well. The miraculous blend of joy and sorrow in the life of a believer is a potent recipe for the possibility of living a vibrant life. You might think that stirring joy into sorrow is much like adding oil to water, but that's not so. Sorrow and joy are a perfect match a match made in heaven. The unlikely combination of joy and sorrow is a theme from the earliest pages of scripture. Let's look at some Old Testament scriptures that call us to this crossroads as well. Psalm 30 verses 11 and 12. You've turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've loosed my sackcloth and girded me with gladness that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. You know, there are some people who know with certainty that joy comes after sorrow, but I am one of those audacious yet humble folks who know with certainty that joy comes with sorrow. They're not mutually exclusive. Joy and sorrow are holy twins. You know, we often don't believe that joy and sorrow are simultaneously possible because we don't know what true joy is. True joy is not an emotion. Joy is found in the presence of God, and he's promised never to leave you or forsake you. Joy is the atmosphere that surrounds the throne room of the Father. Sorrows are not able to exclude the presence of God from our lives, which is the very reason why joy and sorrow are a perfect fit for one another. Your sorrow requires the joy of the Lord to refine it, to cope with it, and then to move beyond it. I've loved this quote. Joy is not the absence of trouble, but it is the presence of Jesus Christ. We mistakenly believe that experiencing an earthly sorrow is the only reason, the exact reason why we are unable to live with a vibrant faith or a vibrant peace. We presume that sorrow is the one ingredient that causes us to live a barren life or to wander along the dry sands of the desert. However, when a person, when an ordinary man or woman is bold enough to mix even a teaspoon of joy into a cup of sorrow, 
a miracle begins to happen. Life is renewed and hope is restored where joy and sorrow meet. Strength is found and peace is discovered as joy and sorrow are stirred together. A vibrant life is possible, my friend, when you choose to greatly rejoice, even when you are in the middle of a storm, trials, a fire. Jeremiah 31, 13 tells us, I will turn their mourning into joy. Only God can do that. Anguish is turned into joy when a large dose of rejoicing is splashed upon the dry sands of sorrow. Mourning becomes a miracle when a man or woman begins to sing in spite of their human pain. It was the advice of Peter to a people group deeply grieving, and it is his advice to you today. You know, I've always longed to have a beautiful voice. I've taken voice lessons from time to time, but my voice has never developed in the manner that I wish it would have developed. While it's true that I can carry a tune and even sing harmony with the best of them, I have more of what you would call a choir voice than a solo voice. And over the years, I have developed a few vocal heroines. I've always wished that I could sing like Sandy Patty, Celine Dion, or Barbara Streisand in her prime. When I was young, I always wanted to sing just like Karen Carpenter. Oh, how I wish I'd been given the vocal pipes of Renee Fleming. The truth is, I would have been satisfied with just a minute piece of any one of their gifts. However, I am fully assured that I do have a voice and I do have a song that is uniquely mine. I've discovered that the most beautiful song that has ever been given to me is a song that I sing in the valley of life. There is no angel that can sing the song that I have learned in the valley. The voice lessons that I've been given in the wilderness have honed my voice and refined my song until it becomes a symphony, an anthem of high praise. And I alone sing it. I believe that anyone can choose to sing on the mountaintop of life. But when the Father leads us through the valley, it's for the rare experience of learning to sing the song of the Father's heart. Anyone can sing the song of celebration, and I will do that as well. However, the song that's taught in the wilderness has a rich quality that no other song will ever have. Let's read some more words that Peter wrote two centuries ago. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Did you hear that? The angels long to sing the chorus that you and I learn during our days of suffering. The angels gasp when you and I break out into song this side of heaven. What a humbling yet thrilling realization. 
The only place angels will ever sing is in the presence of God. But you and I get to sing the gospel song while dealing with great pain. I was born to sing so that the angels could listen to my song, a song that they will never be able to sing. While it's painfully true that I may never sing like Sandy or Celine or Barbara or Karen or Renee, it's at the same time gloriously true that those angels, they'll never get to sing like me. And so I will sing. I will sing at the crossroads where joy and sorrow meet. Well, today was our final day in this series titled Vibrant, taken from my book by the same name. By now, you know that you can buy this book at my website, carolmccloudministries.com, or at Amazon, shoptheword.com, Christian Books, Books a Million, or even Barnes & Noble. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your response to this teaching. So feel free to email me at carol at carolmccloudministries.com. As we close this series, I want to remind you that there's a song inside of you that only you were born to sing. You'll never sing it unless you spend some time in His presence where there is always fullness of joy.